Kia ora and welcome. I'm Boris Lamont and you're listening to the New Zealand Wine Podcast. Thanks for joining us for this episode where we're speaking with Chris Archer from Joy Wines. This is part two of two parts where we speak with Chris about his Joy brand. If you're wanting to find out more about Joy, you can look them up online, joiy.co.nz. And we pick up the conversation where we're talking with Chris about his involvement with the Alana Estate Winery down in Martinborough in New Zealand. So right now, let's go carry on our chat with Chris. At Alana, we, we're very much into uh, making within the means, and so you just have to start. It's a bit like the Rutherford principles, you know. Ernest Rutherford did amazing stuff with right. some wire and timber, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, and out, of, out of that creativity, he, he led atomic... Mm industry yeah um and and that's what you need to bring to the party in these smaller wineries and mm. that's when it becomes really exciting mm. and so uh with with this with this uh alana we you know i was doing some pretty much um uh full like uh when we were bringing in the reds we would then cold macerate and we just had these old dairy vats but i'd just line them with um, damp guard, which is what you use for your house, sort of you know, oh, yeah. cement protection. <laughs> yeah. And I'd fill uh, the vats up with water. So these plastic, you'd have your fruit, the wall distemmed, and then you fill this plastic damp guard up and put a pool of water across the top and then put some dimple plates in that water. And it basically becomes this beautiful heat exchanger. And of course, you know, a lot of a lot of uh, things get out of control with, with, with reds because you're dealing with... Um, you know, this pulpy mash of red fruit that's just gone through a crusher to stemmer doesn't transfer heat very well. And so you have you might have side plates for refrigeration, but it does heat doesn't go sideways, you know, it falls with gravity and so uh, you need your cooling on the top. And so this this water was just like and you could just get the temperature down if if the vat was small enough, you could get that temperature down so your wild native yeast couldn't get going. And then and because it was all sealed I could sit these these wines for two, three, four weeks, and prior fermentation. And as a as a, a labor, we did this for two reasons. One for labor, I, you know, I, I don't have to plunge when they're sealed. You know, we don't need teams of people going through. Uh, we don't need in in sending people plunging through. You're macerating and 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 tearing the skins and and making more and more solid mass, which is sort of really dictates his style later on. Sort of takes the wine more into a savoury spectrum, um, and uh, and it basically means that you can ferment when you want to ferment, and you can you know. So I always believe you know with the reds, I'd have two ferments going at once, and it meant and I could just control it focus on them make sure they don't go awry but then um you're also in that that um cold extraction you're actually getting a lot of the color pigmentation the red color pigments that you don't tend to get as much of when the alcohol starts getting produced and so it really at a long story short we would have pinots are on skins six seven weeks normal is about two three weeks okay yeah and uh and you get these these massive wines that are like slayed structured and big and that's you know i I really you know when people people talk to me about these you know pinots are it's more of a light-bodied style you haven't had a good pinot you know of course there's some beautiful light styles but you know you know the top burgundies aren't light you go to a you go to a a uh, Chassin Montrachet or a, you know something like that. These things are big. They're big wines, and they're yeah. um, they're not lightweights. And right. I, I, I hate that preconception. You know that, that that they they should be light. 
They don't yeah. have to be like that. No. So was what you were doing similar to the process that you would find in, in Burgundy? Is that no, 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 <laughs> no, no. And that's the, and we're not in Burgundy, you know. It's like, mm. and I think that's you know also uh, Martinborough. I love Martinborough. It's this fantastic community, and they're very much true to Burgundian form. They're a little bit hands-off. They're a little bit, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm not a hands-off kind of guy. It's sort of like I like to, I like to push and control. And um, Tyrrell's, Tyrrell's winemaking back in the Hunter was very much um, Burgundian style. Like Murray Tyrrell wouldn't have a, a Bordeaux on the place. Like, mm, mm. Uh, he, he didn't want Bordeaux winemakers stepping in. He was Burgundy. Oh, um, okay. Whereas when I went to Pepper Tree, I went down the Bordeaux track. And, and so I love both regions. Mm. And so I guess I've morphed morphed some Bordeaux techniques into, into Pinot and stuff. Right, okay, okay. So, the, so the, the, the similarity you had produced to the larger um, Burgundian wines was not because of the, what, the process. No. You, you weren't sort of mimicking their process to get that sort of similar no. type of style. It was I'd, just something I'd that you were doing. i gone off on my own <laughs> yeah. tangent. You know, the classic is, is that I sort of, um, I can't change the white winemaking that I learned from Terrell's. It is untouchable in how great it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, all my whites have been down that channel. And I've pushed in different ways, but at the end of the day, I've come back and gone, you know what, don't change what's broken. Let's, mm-hmm. you know, that mm-hmm. works. I've always been a bit frustrated with the reds that we originally made in the Hunter. And um, uh, and then in Pepper Tree, we really started to, I, I sort of, my eyes were open to what could be done. And, what, yeah. and, and so I've just kind of gone off in that direction. Yeah, right. Okay. Okay. And so how long did you spend in the Martinborough region? Uh, five years at Alana, and then mm. we then uh, I did two years uh, starting my own business in Martinborough, and then we've, you know, and then of course, you know, the, the whole Joy story begins. Yeah, which yeah. Is, so yeah, well, tell us about that. Joy, Joy, Joy is... J-O-I-Y. That's correct. Mm. So Joy is about, actually, um, Joy is about breaking all the conceptions of the wine industry from everything like right. literally um i got frustrated you got you got to like in new zealand you, you've seen independent liquor create now the the great fashion of you know high-end spirits mm. you know that all started from independent liquor here in auckland starting to commercialize taking rtds and yeah and 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 you can see what that effect has done now you know there mm. it's it's a force and um I could about seven years ago. I started to see the change that um, you know, my journey going into fine wine premium side. I was I I believed I was looking at the market that was already converted. Um, what I believed the industry, the wine industry was missing was actually the the young market coming through and and how they where wine could go and and how we could um, um, show them that this is this is this is unique in a different way. And so I wanted, I wanted to create a new category for the wine industry, mm. so mm. people engage with wine differently. Mm. And and that, um, it's funny that was at the time I probably didn't know that was what I was wanting to do, but right. now yeah. it's really solidified. And um, we, you know, it's 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 basically taking wine into that uh, small format, taking how taking that intimidation from wine. Um, and, and generally when you start going down that track, the wine industry goes, oh, yeah, we, we do that, but we give it a high-sugared, low-quality piece of crap. Right. And it's tacky and everyone dismisses it as crass or whatever if you're a, a knowledgeable wine person. Mm. 
it doesn't have to be. You know, this is a whole new category which, you know, this small format can be really exciting for the wine lover. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and also be unintimidating for a, a culture that is not used to wine and, and also be engaging where, um, you know, the wine industry delivers these bottles of wine and says this, it's from this hill and you match it with this food and it needs to be poured into this glass and this is how high it is and it's all about these kind of rules and concepts. And it, it's, I wanted people to take wine and go, you know, what can we do with this? You know, here, here is this wine, and yes, we can drink it, and that's fantastic, yep. but the rules are off the table. We can add lemon, we can mix mm-hmm. it with Aperol, we can, you yep. know, we can, and it doesn't have to be bad quality. If anything, it's more important to be good quality. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and so we, Joy was about, uh, and also how we made it was, you know, we were very careful on how it was made. Like this, of all the wines I've done, you can tell I've, I kind of go into detail into things, but Joy is... The most simple expression of a wine to the market, it is the most complex wine I've ever made. It has bought into uh, my uh, techniques of champagne, white Bordeaux, uh, white Semillon making in the Hunter Valley. Like it is a, a whole um, culture of, of pulling everything I can, all the tools on the table to produce a wine that is just dynamic in, okay. in, in, a, in its form. And um, and adaptable. Joy is about being adaptable and taking wine into that real adaptable process where it can do many many things. And um, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, so, so, and, and, and who who would have thought that you know seven years later here we are and it's you know it's, so you've been you've been you've been um, working on this for the last seven years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's you know we've you know joy's about it's not just about the wine. We're about business model of the wine industry mm-hmm. why we're weak um, against the other beverages and you know let's 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 take the terminology off the table wine is a beverage you know where we are we sit beside water soft drinks beer spirits wines rtds we are all liquids that are all sold to the market and um uh it 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 has to um Sorry, I lost my way there. No, 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 that's right. So you, you, it, it's not just about the, the product, it's about the, oh, yeah, the, yeah. the industry. So it's, and it's about actually getting the wine industry in a position where it can equally compete with the ciders and the RTDs and the beer industry. And, and, and the market needs to understand the one thing that makes us different is that wine is made from fruit and there are strict rules on the production of wine so that every bottle of wine that you get, whatever the price, it comes under the, the Wine Act that, um, that, that pretty much complies with all export levels across the world, um, whereas all these other categories of drinks do not. Mm. They are added with water. They are added with concentrates. So the, like the, the fruit in the, has been watered down so that they can get these fruit drinks to to really low prices where mm. I think the, um, the wine industry struggles because it has an authenticity. Um, and so going into this small format, you know, we have to, we have to communicate how great it is and how, and, um, you know, I love, I love this craft beer movement and I love the beers that are coming out, but at the end of the day, whether they're large corporate beer companies or small, most of them are still getting their grains and their hops out of packets. Right. Whereas the wine industry, we're growing the fruit. Growing it, yeah. And, that, and to me, that's a huge difference. And, and because we're growing the fruit, we are, we are sort of supplying the, the whole economy of growers, tractors, suppliers, 
small industries of uh, uh, micro economies feeding many things, Mm. whereas when you're making drinks from packets, Mm. uh, that doesn't occur. No. Um, And so it's sort of, you know, there's part of me taking like joys about one product being strong and and it's been about being local, like, but a global brand. So mm-hmm. Joy's about plugging into these wineries. And um, so, for instance, like Tyrrell's, you had your premium, your premium sides and then you have your, your high-volume long flat red. So, you know, you can transpose that to any company in New Zealand. Um, and how these companies start have been typically for the premium side. And then all of a sudden they realise, God, we need cash flow for this mm. company, you mm. know. So we need to we need this cash flow high volume thing to go. And generally, what happens is the that 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 volume side is becomes a tail wagging the dog, and this this whole um, wine company then starts, you know, massively expanding to support the tail. And then the danger is is that then the consumer sees more of the tail than the head and the whole perception of what that company is about starts to slip. Um, and so that's that. And then, of course, the, the industry is so fractured of so many competitors and so many bottles that, you know, that traction is really hard to make versus the flip side of, you know, a beer company and a, and a cider company where they just, they just have, they put all their effort behind one product, one label and really and make it stick mm. you know heineken is heineken you know that like mm. these top top beverage brands around the world have just got a really simplified message to market it's uncomplicated and that's where i wanted to take joy high quality wine simple to market expresses um, live for today happiness and uh you know what what our product will bring to you when you drink it mm. um and then keep yeah. keep it simple and 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 then basically the whole structure of the business is actually we can make joy in New Zealand, we can make it in Australia, we can make it in Germany, we can make it in, in North America um, as long as the, the philosophies and the growing things are right and the techniques are, are along the lines of our house style and they all sign up to our um, uh, a way that we, we think about nature and sustainability. Um, and I, I, to me that's really exciting. It's taking taking wine to a place where it can can globally compete against these huge corporates that are gatekeepers and blocking, and right, blocking okay. these drink industries. Yeah. So it's kind of, so it's it's really funny. You can see I've gone. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, I'm very excited about this journey. Mm. And 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 at the moment we're we're uh, we are the number one sparkling wine in a can in Canada. We are out. We are third overall. And this whole movement into this small format cans, uh, which is coming, uh, is a very exciting place. Um, and is that still all out of New Zealand, or have you got operations? No, we, we make in New Zealand, Australia now. Australia, New Zealand, and, Australia. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yep. And it's mm-hmm. um, um, and that's always been our way. It's kind of you, you can't. Um, New Zealand's not big enough to do what we want to do. No. We are a New Zealand company. Yeah. Um, and we, yeah, but mm. we, have, we have global aspirations, which I think, you know, that's the New Zealand way. So it's, it, it sounds almost like you're, you're wanting to avoid comparing the product to anything for, 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 for giving anyone a, a preconception. Is it more about this is, this is what our um, product's personality is about or this is when you could enjoy our product? Or yeah. is it just, or, or are you quite okay sort of saying it's like this? Yeah, well, okay. Uh, how I'd describe it is we're a full-bodied Australasian Prosecco. 
but that's kind of what we taste like. Um, but of course, we're not prosecco because we're not from Italy. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's kind of we're very much a citrusy lime sort of fresh light character, mm -hmm. uh, sparkling. But mm -hmm. we've we've got a lot of power, and um, and that's you know whereas a lot of the uh, the sparklings in, uh, in New Zealand are quite thin and savoury with high acidity, and and so we're kind of we're different in that respect. Like we'll stand out on a lineup a mile wide. Mm -hmm. So it's um, and and when we're selling it, we we tend to not get into the the hill and the winemaker and the yeast and the varieties mm. and things like that because mm. well you know what that's 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 not why people are going to drink it. Mm. Mm. Um, mm. And that's kind of you know we're we're, we're I, I see joy as the you know after work you put your feet up on the desk and, and and have a joy and it's escapism and it's and it's kind of treating yourself to your special moment. Right. <laughs> that's that's how I see joy. Right. And 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 then you know you can move on and 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 go into your your special unique wines to match with foods and things like that. Mm. Um, but joy's about fun. Right. And I think you know that's I. I see a lot of crinkle foreheads in our industry, you know, a lot of frowning and consternation of, oh, is that, is that blocky tannins with, you know, what is that? You know, it's like, and it's great and there's a time and a place for it, but, you know, it's sometimes you just go, look, just enjoy yourself right. and, yeah. and, 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 and know that this wine is really quite, quite, um, it's different also because of the, the layering that is in that wine. It's textural and it's, um, it, it will, it will um, break your expectations mm. when you're trying it, mm. Mm. and and then also, of course, you know we we encourage people to you know if you you can turn when I was going into the adaption, you can you know put a wedge of lime or lemon in it, and that really twists the palate and kind of adds it really lifts the the natural fruit qualities in the wine, and then you can go into aperol, and then you can and then you know if you 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 find the alcohol too you know where a lower Lower percentage alcohol, around ten percent. But if you want to back it off, then you know mix it with the Antipodes water or your right. or your tap, you know your sparkled yeah. Soda Stream, and mm -hmm. back it off. Put a strawberry in it. It's fantastic because yeah. it because yeah. it's quite full bodied and and I think that's the refreshing part. As you know, as a winemaker, you'd be horrified normally about anyone mucking with your wine because it's my artistic expression. Mm. And uh, you know, I I will get. I get thrills when I see, like last night, um, I was at um, a little place, Benita in um, Ponsonby, mm -hmm. and I had this guy, he didn't know who I was, I just kind of walked in there and, and they had Joy there and he made uh, an elderflower, a St. Germain and Joy and we had an Aperol Joy and the care he went into it and the expression he went into it and, it was, and that was just like, look at that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So almost... O almost, well, I don't know if you want me to say this or not, but almost more of a, almost more of a spirit in that it can be, you can do different things if it, you can enjoy it different ways. And it takes, you, 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 you know, it doesn't have to be drunk just one way. Yeah, mm. and and you know what, it's empowering. And this is, mm. joy has always been part of my push with joy. Is we've, it's about empowerment. It, I see a lot of uh, wine drinkers. Um, I mean, yeah, they, they love some of them love the rules because they can cling to them mm. because they're underconfident you know it's the industry oh, it's so complex that they 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 are um um they they I like people you know we all like the people that just you know what I'm doing it this way and it's different and um and we you know if we had scout badges we'd send them out to people that you know you know hooray you know yeah. like you know I always find that you know a lot of people the, the 
with people blending red wine with Coke mm. and you can say, oh, you know, people judge those people. It's so wrong. It's, it's like if that's, if that's what their palates suit, then, mm. then that's okay. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's, uh, it's all about judgment of people, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I, I really enjoy uh, the liberation that wine, that joy gives, and the empowerment of of you know, and it's naughty. You know, I see winemakers they they want they want to try joy because they're intrigued. It breaks the rules, and and they see how popular we are in 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 like typical wine events like Winetopia, where we're you know our, our yeah. store is quite an enigma. It's among all the hoi polloi of the wine industry, yeah. and. And then uh, they come over and sort of want to try joy, joy and, and then I'll quickly throw a lime or lemon in it and that, that, they, that annoys them a little bit. But when they try it, they'll look around and give you that smile mm. and that smile is all I need. You mm. know, it's like, oh, my God. Mm. You, know, that, you know, I tried it before and that, now it's spun it this way and as a winemaker, oh, my God, that appeals. Mm. You, you've just, you know, and, and you can see their heads going, I wish we could do this in the winery. Yeah, that's the thing. We're breaking the rules. We're, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we're not allowed to do it, but you can. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I know that's that's exciting, and so it's obviously it's obviously going well. You, you know, you've spent a bit of time and effort into it, obviously, but yeah, um, starting uh, to starting to get some traction. We are. I mean, yeah. you know, we're you know, it's 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 uh, we're we're currently beating Jacobs Creek Moscato in Canada. Mm. Uh, it's the largest selling seven fifty mil glass bottle over there, and we're now giving them a, they've they've released released the can. And it's great, you know. The cans in North America have taken off. You've got it's, it, it. It literally started from the uh, the Californian beer guys that started doing the cool cans, and of course, you see it right. has filtered through New Zealand and, and Australia. Yeah. Um, but also in that same region, you have the the California, Napa, Oregon areas, which are like the the hoi polloi of the, the American wine industry, and they've mm. gone. You know, we're going to do wine in a can, and and it's the sustainably environmentally right thing to do mm. and mm. um the can performs the same as glass mm. and there's no reason why it can't go into a can and they look cool and so it's 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 taken off and yeah. um and so now that's starting to go in the the canadian side right. and well, i hope that new zealand australia start to to get get with the play yeah yeah well it's just like probably getting over our sales with um cork and um screw tops new zealand were the leaders in screw caps so mm. they should be the leaders in the can mm. And 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 it is recyclable. It's half the freight, half the waste. Like it is, it it you do the the numbers. You know, if if glass is a dead duck for the like for the future, um, unless you're talking high premium wines and stuff like mm. that that are 30, 40 years in the cellar. Mm. But, but you know, who does that? Mm. You know, that's only five percent of of the wine made in this country. Mm. The rest of it is is you know consumed within five years, right? If okay. that probably two yeah so the, the can technology is no different right okay we well, yeah. heard it here first you might be cracking open a merlot shortly yeah well you can do that in america <laughs> yeah you know like yeah. you can buy pinots chardonnays the all the you know 25 dollars a can yeah and um and you pour it into a glass yeah. come on it's, it's not that hard yeah, it's, that's it's right. the vessel you buy it in <laughs> you know you don't have to drink it from the can yeah but you know um no, joy tastes pretty good that's good <laughs> no that's very good and um so we we, uh, we finish on the question of if you could have a, a glass of wine with um, any glass of wine with anyone, um, who would what would the wine be and, and who would that be? I've always uh, been addicted to the stranger, the the sliding door of serendipity where you um, 
you, you happen upon someone and you learn and uh, uh, that that's what, you know, all, all great minds, great people come in mind. But at the end of the day, I love that moment of the unknown. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. And, and I'd love their wine, the wine that's special to them and, and to tell me why they like it. Ah, yeah, yeah, nice. Because, uh, I mean, it's, that's, that's the, the stories and the, yeah. that's what, you know, the love affair of wine, it, it's, a, it's, about, it's about the... The journey, yeah. Some, some, someone, someone knew someone's story that uh, you haven't heard before, and yeah, and and what's their, what's yeah. their connection to their favorite, yep. their favorite drop, mm. yep. And mm. and and you know, because as a winemaker, we've tried all, we've, we've you know, we've done the tour of the the Bordeaux, the Burgundies, and and um, at the end of the day, it's the, it's uh, it, it tends to be what, what else, you know, everything tastes great, but. Mm. It's what's put it all together. That's right. Know? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Why, why that particular wine has become embedded in your memory because of where you had it or who yep. you were with or mm, yeah, mm, and the yep. story around that. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Fantastic. Thanks, Chris. That's been awesome. Oh, Very good. My pleasure, Boris. I yeah. hope I, I didn't ramble on too yeah. much. <laughs> <laughs> Rambling's good. We like the ramble. Um, so thank you very much. Cool. Cheers. Thank you. Bye for now. We've been speaking with Chris Archer from Joy Wines. If you'd like to find out more about Joy, you can look them up online, joiy.co.nz. And also be sure to check out some of the other great New Zealand wine podcasts where we're talking with other uh, winery founders and owners and winemakers and lots of others that are involved in the wine industry here in New Zealand. We look forward to your company again shortly. Thanks for listening in. Hey, kōna mai. Bye for now.